Hello, and welcome back to The Hill Talks. I'm Olivia Green, your host and multimedia editor of The Hilltop. The new year has arrived, and with it, the start of our spring semester, so I hope it's going well for all of you. The Hilltop is back this week, so so am I, with your weekly roundup on all things news and campus happenings. Today, we'll hear from some students who use fashion to make a difference. But first, let's hear from Hilltop Editor-in-Chief Jasper Smith about her recent piece. It's called Why Some Howard Students Are Turning to GoFundMe to Help Pay Tuition Balances. Hmm. All right, let's do it. Thank you, Jasper, for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Um, So if you're like me, listeners, and you spend a significant amount of time on Instagram and Howard Twitter, you've likely seen other HU students posting or resharing GoFundMes asking for help with tuition and school fees. I know you've seen these too, Jasper. So first, for those of us who don't know, tell us what a GoFundMe is in the first place. Yeah, so GoFundMe is a crowdfunding platform. Um, It's online. And so basically... People looking to fundraise for any type of, you know, reason or circumstance can go to the platform. There's a small fee um, once you take the money off of the platform, but it is completely free to sign up and register for. Um, And so basically where I kind of got the idea to do the story is kind of like you said, I've seen so many students posting their GoFundMes. And, you know, and some of the balances and the GoFundMe goals exceeded like $10,000. Some of them were 15000 I think the one that I saw with the highest amount was around $30,000. So students had a high amount of need. And I felt like, okay, someone needs to look into this, why so many students are having to turn to this platform in particular. What did you find out about what is pushing students towards crowdfunding specifically? So a lot of students had very different circumstances, obviously. You know, one student talked about how her parent was out of work because she had suffered a stroke from the year before, which really hurt her finances of her family, um, and her family couldn't afford it anymore. So she has a turn to go fund, uh, GoFundMe. Another student talked about having to work multiple jobs throughout the semester, and it was just too much to do that and school, and she still needed to come up with extra funds. So although people had a lot of different reasons for turning to it, I think one common reason was that tuition was increasing, the cost of living is going up, and people can't afford to go to college like they used to. So speaking of the tuition increasing, I think it's risen like 7% this year, something like that. Yeah, 7%. Yeah, so... Did Howard University have anything to say about what their responsibility or lack of responsibility may be in compensating for that and in compensating for the fact that the cost of living in D.C. has gotten so high? So unfortunately, the university did not respond to my initial request to get comment on why so many students are turning to GoFundMe and fundraising platforms. However, um, according to The Dig and a lot of other Howard University like websites and resources, They cited inflation as one of the main reasons why tuition had to increase. Um, And as you know, tuition increased to um, $30,584 a year. Um, And of course, you know, the university claimed that tuition and mandatory fees are significantly lower compared to other institutions. However, for a lot of students, whether it is lower or not, they still can't afford it. Does it work? Have there been like a significant amount of students, Howard students in particular, who have actually met their goals on GoFundMe? 
Um, I would say yes. Some students definitely have met their goals. Um, one of the students that I spoke with, Kyrie Irving, actually donated to her GoFundMe, donated $20,000, which largely surpassed her $6,000 goal. Another student, she completely raised her $2,000, um, or at least very close to it. I think she's only about $100 off of her goal. So I think, you know, it kind of speaks to the community we have here at Howard of helping one another, helping another bison. And so while there are so many students who have GoFundMes, I think overall we've seen a lot of them either meet their goals or get very close to it, you know, the longer that they kept their fundraising active. Yeah, that's kind of nice to hear, I guess. Like it's, I don't know, disheartening that people have Mm -hmm. to resort to that in the first place and that, you know, college has become so unaffordable. But I guess it's good that people are still, you know, supporting each other in that way but this isn't like a Howard exclusive thing is it Mm -hmm, like I tell me about other students yeah so I definitely wanted to emphasize that this isn't just a Howard problem I think this is happening across the country while I was doing research for this story it wasn't just Howard University students that were coming up but so many students from you know institutions like UMD um, Arizona State University of Michigan Morgan State And so I think it's important for readers of the article to understand that, like, this problem shouldn't be sensationalized just because it's an HBCU. And we do tend to see that a lot. You know, we see Howard or we see university problems in general become like Howard problems. And so I don't think that this is one of those instances where this is unique to Howard. I think across the country, we're going to see a lot more students having to turn to fundraising because college is just too expensive for the average household to afford. And, you know, given the pandemic, so many people have, you know, are losing their jobs. A lot of people have passed away. That affects the job market. You know, that affects finances. We're going to see a lot more students having to come up with these tuition balances on their own. And I think GoFundMe has been kind of like the first resort for that if you don't want to take out additional loans. And even that, the, um, the interest rate on loans has gone up tremendously. So... Yeah, definitely. Um, So to read more details about this story and for some insight from students who are crowdfunding right now, make sure to check out Jasper's full story at thehilltoponline.com. It'll also be linked below. Any last words about this story? You know, I think, you know, we definitely covered it. I would definitely implore everyone to read the story. Um, And if you see bison in need and students in need, I think now is the time to definitely give them a hand because, as you know, the uh, time for registration closes on January 20th. So students that haven't paid those balances from the previous semester won't be able to register anymore. So I think it's important that during this time, you know, we see our community come together and help one another out so people can continue to get their education. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. The water crisis in Flint, Michigan. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's a huge public health problem that started in 2014 after the city's drinking water was contaminated with lead and a bunch of other harmful bacteria. And since a lot of people have gotten sick due to the city's kind of slow response to that issue. But that doesn't mean that individuals and community members aren't helping on a grassroots level. So joining me today are Lyric Amodia and Amira Murray, founder and PR director of the Movement Street Organization, Incorporated. Oh. 
before like I get into my questions, can you guys just introduce yourselves? Tell me a little bit about um, who you are and how you met each other also. Okay. Um, hello, my name is Amira Murray. I'm a sophomore marketing major from Lawnside, New Jersey, and I got involved with the Movement Street. Um, I went to the first event that was, I believe it was Roll Bounce, and I fell in love. I loved everyone who was working with the Movement Street. I love the initiative and really like the desire to give back to the community. So that is how I met Lyric. Hello, my name is Lyrica Modia. I'm a senior, a graduating senior political science major, Afro studies minor from Arizona by way of Flint, Michigan and Germany. And I serve as the founder and the executive director of the Movement Street Organization Incorporated. And um, I started the Movement Street of officially July, 2020. However, I was doing the work since maybe like 2013, 2014 when I was um, moving back to the States. And I met Amira during the Roll Bounce event and she had applied uh, to be an intern with us. And she currently um, is in our public relations department. And she's so stellar. And we had met through there and I loved her energy. I loved her, literally her, she had a gung-ho attitude. She was ready to work and help, ready to help us grow. And I was like, I would love to work with such an inspiring young lady like this. And so that we can help each other. Um, so I kind of want to start at the beginning then. Um, you said that you started Movement Street officially in 2020, but you've been doing the work since 2013. So tell me about the moment that like sparked, oh, I need to get, I need to do something about this, whatever this is. Um, and then I, I want to get into how it's grown over the years. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've always really been a servant leader, um, really always organizing and influencing my community because my parents uh, served in the United States Air Force. And they always told me that the best thing that you can do is give back. And because me growing up in Germany, um, I read a lot about Audre Lorde. And I remember her quote that inspired me was that without community, there's no liberation. So my parents always instilled in me those values and were like, let's always give back. So we used to do events, um, basically based around the military, like uh, daddy-daughter dances. I used to be involved in planning those, then did supply drives in Germany. Then we did more events to kind of bring the military community together because it is really hard when your relative is deployed. And I really love that. And I worked with the armed, community, armed forces community services. And um, so that's really kind of what started it. But then when I was moving back to the States, I had always known um, Flint, my family, poured a lot into my childhood. Um, every time I my parents were deployed, my family in Flint literally helped, always pitched in in my childhood. And um, when I had moved back to the States, literally nobody knew about Flint. Like I used to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Flint. Nobody knew, nobody knew. And then it wasn't until 2015 when I had hit nationwide news saying that there's a water crisis. Now everybody knew about Flint. And all they wanted to do was ask questions like, oh, how's your water? And I, I personally thought that was really offensive and very ignorant. So I was kind of, um, and I'm a first generation college student and first person in my family to go to HBCU at that. And my family was like always encouraging me to go out, be something bigger than myself, be, to be part of something bigger. And I didn't know what that looked like because they always told me that uh, success, success is within me. And I didn't know how to I built that out. So I think that when to when I was matriculating into college in 2019, that's when I had kind of done my research about what do I want my mark to be? Like, how can I help? How can I create a path 
forge a new path that is assisting people because I really didn't want to start my own thing. I wanted to just help people. So the Movement Street was created with that in mind. And I wanted sustainable social action combined with creativity to not only be a moment, but to be a movement, hence the name, the Movement Street. I want people to know that they could be change agents no matter what. They don't have to be the biggest guest speaker at a rally. They don't have to go and wear the signs and have picketed fences and stuff like that. You can literally be a change agent by, by spreading knowledge, spreading love, bringing your community together, and even wearing a shirt. So that's how community conscious clothing and products came into funneling community outreach events. And that every time we seek to serve a community, there is something that is correlated with that ser that service project. So then in Flint, um, in 2015, me and my cousins literally got together and was just like, we got some extra t-shirts, we got some printing equipment. Um, my family's always been a full, full of creatives that haven't been like really tapped in yet. And we was like, let's just make a shirt. And literally made shirts, started selling them, literally going to our churches and stuff. It was like, can you buy this? We're trying to get back to the water crisis and we just need some money for water. And it worked. And then when I came to Howard, my friends were like, yo, this is dope. You can really do it. And they really motivated me. They were like, you can really do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know, you get kind of insecure with following a dream that's just so different. And um, I kind of went on a limb. I went on with faith, God, and some pixie dust. And it ended up working out really great. And that's kind of how it has, sorry, long story short, this is how it's kind of uh, gotten to where it is today. That's awesome. Um, so... You guys started kind of focused on Flint, but you guys do a lot of DMV kind of focused service now, right? So tell me about some of the programs in DC or the DMV specifically um, that you guys are most proud of um, and that have been most successful so far. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we started in Flint and then we started working in Detroit. Now we're in the DMV. We still work in those three areas all the time. Um, however, most of our team is kind of based in DC right now. And um, we do a plethora of events. We have um, revamped and installed a little library at Anacostia Park. And we also did a beautification project at Anacostia Park while we also invited people to come out and skate and that was Roll Bounce. Um, we also have done clothing drives and we've been into St. Andrew's Church over in Bethesda, Maryland. We donate to them all the time. Um, we do the Creative Classic. That's an annual thing. And the Creative Classic is an annual showcase. That's also an art gallery showcase. And it's where Black art can be curated in Black spaces. And we invite members of our community to come out and they can either, if they have a business, they can come and talk about it. They can vend at it. We have performances, performances or people who even just have a platform that they want to share. They can come to the Creative Classic and talk Talk. And we also invite people who are looking for job opportunities, recruiters to come out so they can network with our guests and they can leave with jobs and opportunities. I really love the idea of the Creative Classic because it really allows the space for Black people to like network and showcase their talent. So I really love that idea. And we're raising, um, we're fundraising to give scholarships and just provide the event for the community. I think it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Creative Classic, when we post it, um, it all all the proceeds are used for scholarships for students. Neither of you guys are from this area. So I'm curious about how you guys go about deciding what this community needs. You live here, you see things as a student, but, you know, the understanding is different than somebody who was born and raised in D.C. So how do you go about like just, you know, doing what people need? That's a great question. That's a really great question. Um, really, we pride ourselves on relationship building. And it, it's very easy to work with in the communities when 
we are establishing connections with people who are from here. A lot of times, um, literally, we'll go out and all together, like go out into the community just by like doing regular things, like we're grocery shopping. And we talk to people, literally people will come up and talk to us. They'll tell us about themselves. And then they will be like, yeah, like some of this part of DC, they tell us about their rich history, about where they're from. And then we ask them, we literally like straight up ask them, like, like, what do you think you would want to see here? And then they'll be like, well, I mean, I would want like another library here. Like, I think a bench right here would be really cool. And I'll be like, okay, like, and then we introduce ourselves. We're like, we're the movement street. Um, we're kind of here to help you. Like, just tell us, we just want to amplify your voice. And then they'll, They'll really just tell us. It's great that we're both Howard students because not only do we get to hear what the community in DC um, needs, but we hear the ideas of other students um, at Howard. A lot of our staff um, are actually students at Howard University and they give ideas of what we think would be good for the community and other students at Howard University. How can they get involved as well? Um, we did an event with Black Girls Vote about voting rights I really like that we just do it all and we kind of just hear what students want to see and what they think the community needs. Lyric you're a senior transitions are coming up <laughs> um, so or what do you think is next for Movement Street where do you see yourself um, as the founder continuing do you think you're going to stay in this role what are you seeing for Movement Street like a year from now and then like five years from now? That's a good question. Um, yeah, no, I am transitioning into another chapter in my life, which I'm very excited for, and I'm embracing it. Um, I plan on always being a part of the movement street. Um, I want this to be my full-time job one day. I want the movement street to be a household name. Um, and I, I, I really want to expand it I don't ever see myself really leaving the movement street. I always want to be in a position um, to work on it in whatever capacity, but I'll, I will always do what's best for it so that it can continue to grow. Um, within the next year, I hope we get grant funding and that we're able to even bring our, well, I want really in the next like two to three years, if we could go international, that would be amazing. I want us to get get a van so that we can literally drive around the city and literally do events like pop-up shops out of our van and like talk to people about what we do and like listen to communities so we can get to know them better I want to we have our own podcast and our own blog and I want to keep that running so people could come and read all the time about it and in the next five years I would love to open up our own community outreach center and then like, that'll be our HQ um, I have really big dreams for the a movement street that I know will come into fruition um, yeah like I, I really do just love it and it, yeah and this is for both of you um and I always like asking people who are service-minded this question in particular um is there a moment that you can recall where you knew or you had an interaction with somebody that really proved to you that the work you're doing is making a difference like a concrete difference in somebody's life I'm a very like sentimental person and I feel like every time I, we do an event, someone is telling me that and I just like, um, one moment, I think a pivotal moment. I think the first time we did the water distribution drive, we did a water distribution plus things giveaway drive. We were doing that simultaneously in Detroit and in Flint on the same day. And we were literally hand delivering like all these, um, all these supplies and materials to families. And so one family was like, 
I don't know how else we would have gotten this like during the holidays like she was a single mom she had three kids and she's like I don't know how I would have been able to like you know get get this on my own like because I've been so busy I've been so busy like being a mom she was just very stressed out and it was during the pandemic it was in 2020 and when I was like you know I, I'm here for you like whatever you need even like if it's not this just let me know and she gave me the biggest hug when she did that, I was just like, wow, like it kind of reassured everything I was doing um, and that who I was doing it for. And it was for moments like that. I was like, it not even for like the satisfaction, well, not for the gratitude, but because like you were able to make somebody else's lives life easier. And I think when she literally, like how sincere she was, how genuine she was when she accepted the groceries, when she accepted a water case, I was just like, wow. I'm I'm so touched. And that was a moment that I, I knew I wanted to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Um, I wanted to touch on once again the roll bounce event because that was the first event that I went to. Um, it was a great day. I was there with all of my friends and it was just really good to see everyone like just being involved and like getting the work done while having fun. And then I also like that, that Lyric gave people who have small businesses the chance to set up and have their business there as well and I knew from there that I wanted to join because I was around people who were genuinely putting the work in and were dedicated to helping the community and not only that I got to talk to a lot of different people and just to hear how they enjoy working with the movement street so that was definitely like okay I definitely want to do this and I definitely want to keep giving back to the community and I want to stay involved. So if there's one thing that you both could tell our listeners about the Movement Street, about both of your personal journeys, whatever it is that we haven't touched on yet, what would it be? Something that I really like about the Movement Street is how creative we are. Um, I will say that by working with the Movement Street, I have been able to test myself creatively and just figure out different ways to help the community. And that was something that I was a little scared about doing at first. I kind of, you know, kind of like to stay in the same lane sometimes, but I will say, don't be afraid to just be creative. There's ways to help the community in ways that people haven't done before. That is something that I think we really pride ourselves on is just being different. Um, so I would definitely say test yourself creatively. You don't know how you can help and inspire other people just by doing something that you might think won't work. So I think test the limits and do what you know is right for the community and follow your heart. I really would say you can do whatever you set your mind to and that if it's your dream, go for it full heartedly love it with every fiber in your being because because it will manifest and people will see that so tell us the best way uh, for people to find the movement street to find y'all and how to get involved if they want to yep you can visit our website at www.themovementstreet.org. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Movement Street. And if you want to apply and be a part of our team, you can go on to our website and click join the movement and the application is right there. You can also shoot us an email too at The Movement Street. The is with two E's, T-H-E-E, Movement Street at gmail.com. That is all from me, you guys. Thank you so much for being here.
Thank you so much. Thank really you so much for having us, Olivia. Make sure to check out the full story about the Movement Street and their outreach online. It'll be linked below like always. Thanks again to both of you for joining me today. And that's all from me, Bison. Thanks for listening to the Hilltalks podcast, your weekly roundup. Sincerely, the Hilltop. Now make sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today and check out the Hilltop online for all of our coverage this week. I wish you all a great rest of the spring semester. And until next time, I'm Olivia Green in truth and service. (laughs) 